Welcome to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Lisa. And I'm Alex. If you're new to our podcast, Lisa and I have been best friends since high school. And after many years of getting drunk together, we decided to experiment with being sober together. You can find out more about that by going right back to the start of season one. We started Be Sober with a vision to connect people living a sober lifestyle, to help them feel less alone and show them that you can still have loads of fun without booze. Be Sober is now the only sober community that has absolutely everything you need in one place. And we believe from the bottom of our hearts that everybody who doesn't want to drink alcohol deserves to feel normal. Good morning. Good morning, Alexandria. Oh, look at the state of Melissa. And I know you're going to say you don't look bad. Don't talk bad, bad to yourself. But let's be honest. Look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Ooh. I love the fact that you were speechless because you don't want to say it, but you know it. <laughs> no, because you told me what what you knew I was going to say and I was genuinely going to say you really do not look bad oh, like you so rough you know what right speaking of this I was talking about it the other day right but you know when somebody takes a picture of you and I remember a while back my mum had like me and my mum had taken these pictures and I was like oh no I don't like that one. Oh, I don't like that one. <laughs> oh no and my mum was like God say it, Lisa, how good looking do you think you are? Like, that is what you look like. <laughs> I do think we're dead self-critical because Sam always does stuff like that with me. Sam's my husband for anyone who doesn't know. And he does stuff like that. Like he texts random photos of me and they're awful. Like they're really awful. And he's like, that's your face. Yeah, that, that is what you look like. There's nothing. And it's weird because some days, like, our faces do not change that much. And some days you can get up and you'll be like, I'm on fire today. I look good. <laughs> and then other days you're like, that's disgusting. Don't put a mirror near me. Like, why is that, do you think? I don't know, but you did a post and I wasn't even going to talk about this, but that post you put up where it said something along the lines of if somebody's happy and joyous, they're beautiful. Maybe it's just that. Maybe it's I'm true. just not in a good mood. <laughs> you know what? It could be that because... You know, when you see happy people, genuinely happy people, yeah. they just look beautiful. Like they really, really do. They have this like energy around them and they just look gorgeous. It doesn't matter if someone's genuinely smiling. It's beautiful. Yeah, no, that's true, actually. Yeah, no. Why did I say yeah, no? Yeah, no. <laughs> I do that, you know. I th we, do, we both do it, yeah. I think, I think it's because I'm a Libra normally. So oh, when I somebody don't. asks I me a question, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know. No, yeah. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. Don't tell me. Don't explain it. I just want the facts. <laughs> but it's why you want the facts, isn't it? Because you just want to be able to know what's going on so you can just make a decision. You don't want all the sides. It confuses you. I know. I, I'm so bad. I do get irritated with long, drawn out, like... Is librarian a word? Well, there's a library. <laughs> That's what I thought when I said it. I thought that ain't a word. You Libranus. <laughs> it is, yeah. I don't know. Any other Libras out there? Do you get annoyed with people explaining things? I don't know whether it's a family trait because my youngest daughter is wanting to learn, go on a nail course. She wants to do nails and she'll be amazing at it because she's so artistic. But 
She wants all the stuff first and to learn how to do it first. So I'm like, why do we do this? We learn, we want to know how to do it. So then we can go and learn how to do it. And then people try and teach them. We go, yeah, I already know that. I don't know. I don't know. It is really frustrating though. Like, I can't have a proper conversation with you sometimes because I want to tell you stuff and you're like, don't tell me, don't tell me. And then a few months later, you'll say, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> no, I'm so annoying. <laughs> I'm annoying as well. Though, to I be don't fair. need to know otherwise unless Unless I want to know the why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. Should we just, do you want to introduce the guest now? And th- because then it might put some context into why we're like going to talk about what I, what I was going to talk about, which is now really weird because I've said it without <laughs> no, talking about it. it. I'm going to shut I think, up. You know what? We get um, quite a few email requests to be on our podcast, which sounds so wanky, but I'm dead chuffed <laughs> about that. Like people request to join us now. Like how amazing is that? You know what's even more amazing and wanky? What? That we actually don't have everyone on who requests no, we it. Don't. We go, oh, no, we don't want them on. We don't want them on. <laughs> we actually do. And I remember at first we'd be just like, yeah, 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 come yeah, on, come on, come on, come <laughs> on. Do you remember I used to chase people around and like proper stalk them and get them all on? Like literally we peaked in season I one. I was going to say we peaked too soon, didn't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway we've got uh, we've said yes because um because of a story actually but melissa kelly messaged us and i think straight away i was like absolutely because it's just so relatable so melissa kelly phd that bit's not re- relatable to me by the way <laughs> or me to be fair <laughs> it's relatable to those who've got phds out there <laughs> yeah melissa kelly <laughs> phd is a psychologist and coach for sober women who want to make meaningful changes to their careers. Melissa is passionate about helping women define and design their own version of a meaningful life in sobriety. She is also the founder of Sober Girls Island. We could have done that, Alex, a few years ago. We could I don't have done think that. so. We could have done Piss Girls Island. But I know. No, that's what I mean. It developed <laughs> us. But yeah, that's the community that hosts online and in-person events for sober and sober curious women in Ireland. So actually, I do want to discuss because this... Um, before we go into it, Alex, is this season has been very heavy, woman, women orientated. And it, it, it's just been by chance though, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So please. There's no please. interest in men out there. <laughs> no, no, we did. We pretty much did a full series with men. Yeah, we did. We did yeah, do we did. that. So we had the gambling stop. guard on and we had Dave and we had Willie. We had and loads Josh, of yeah. Yeah, and Mark Caddley, that was a good one. Wise up. Yeah, wise up. So we did do it. We do like men too. So please, please. And if, if you, you are, are a man, man come on. <laughs> carry on listening because I think the main thing that we want to talk about during this episode in particular is about changing careers in sobriety and stuff like that. Yeah, and if you are a man and want to come on our podcast and you're brave enough to email, don't be worried about rejection. <laughs> we want some men. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I was thinking about this because I'm coming into this a little bit blind because you had the contact with Melissa um, on this one, which is usually it's me, isn't it, that, that kind of has the contact with the people who come on. But you've got a few different people come on this season, including somebody in January who did one of our workshops last oh, night. I'm so excited about I know, that. I know. But yeah. This is weird because I was thinking about this and for anyone who doesn't know, I actually did change my career once I got sober, right? Now, I'm not going to attribute it to being sober. Basically, 
it was a difficult you got fired. <laughs> no, I didn't get did. fired. <laughs> I didn't get fired, but it was a difficult situation and I ended up changing career. I did end up resigning um, and leaving and changing career. And I was a born teacher. I really, really was. Like my whole life and identity revolved around being a teacher. And when I got sober, and this is the bit that is dead relatable. When I got sober, I actually realised just how much of a zombie I was, right? As in, get up, get in the car, go to work, work my ass off, get little recognition, little acknowledgement, come home, work more. And I just... I love well, that you add about the recognition and acknowledgement. In I there. want to. Like, how dare they? How dare they not notice the work I do? It's true. Right. But you should get recognition, yeah, even if should. it's like, you should. If you're working hard for anyone, they should be saying thank you. Oh, yeah, you definitely. You be saying thank you. It's just good manners. Just because you're a big company with a big logo doesn't mean you don't have to have manners. <laughs> rude. It's How rude. Do you know, seriously, right, I work now for... Are you sure uh, you resigned, Alex, and didn't... Um... I, I'm absolutely positive. I'll show you my letter of resignation <laughs> and the acceptance. No, seriously, I... Um, I now work, as well as doing the things that I do for myself, yeah. I now work for the church yeah. in the organ. And honestly, the number of times from the congregation, from the staff, from the vicar that I get told, thank you, we appreciate you. Of course yeah. I want to go in. Of course I want to go in. And what? Can I just like, let's discuss this a minute, because I never realised. Yeah, and I just me ranting, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, like... This is interesting to me, and it might be to other people, or they might already know. But I never realised that people worked for the church, right? I just had this impression that all these people that went to church and worked around the church were just like volunteers. But actually, it's like a real job, isn't it? Yeah, I'm on a payroll. <laughs> some some people do volunteer their time because the church yeah. is a charity. It's a large charity. So some people do volunteer and there's a lot of goodwill in the church. A lot of people doing a lot of things from the goodness of the heart. But yeah, there is a staff, there is a team and they're hard working as well. They work really, really hard and they're lovely people. You have to do safeguarding training and everything, you know. Yeah, I've, that's I've only done it three billion times. I had to do it again. Yeah. But no, it, it's um. But my point here, I guess, is it's not about it's not about being recognised in terms of oh, you're amazing. Just thank you. Acknowledge that people work hard. I, th I think we've got that. Shall we talk about changing careers? Oh yeah, that's what we were talking about. Isn't it? <laughs> so right. So like, I realised working in teaching just how much of a robot or a zombie I'd become, and how numb yeah. to hard work I'd become, and my life was just getting sucked out in so many areas. And honestly, as much as it wasn't directly influenced by sobriety. Being sober made me have the courage to step out and to yeah. go, right, what else can I do? And I've made the decision I'll not go back into teaching and I'm using all the skills that I gained in my teaching, in my science, in my fitness, in my organ playing to actually build a career that I love. Yeah, I actually love working. You know what I love about this? And I think we see this a lot in our membership group. And, you know, it's uh, when people join sometimes and you can just tell, you know, like off certain posts and like me and Alex will have this discussion of like, they'll be getting a new job soon. Oh, we know it, she'll, be we? she'll be leaving him soon. Oh, he'll be leaving her soon. You know, like 
things absolutely change so much when you're getting sober and I think that's what I'm really excited to kind of talk to Melissa about like I want to ask her like why like why do people that get sober decide to change career I know you had your reasons but there's so many other people and I've got my own like perception what is your perception of it I think that people a lot of people like you say when you realize you're in that mundane kind of either nine till five or whatever job you're doing I just believe people get more respect for themselves I do love themselves more they care for themselves more they're really aware of what makes them happy and what makes them sad and I think they get braver um so for me wake up yeah I think you do you wake up yeah definitely you become awakened to lots and lots of things (laughs) um but yeah that is that yeah I think that's got a lot to do with it but it'll be kind of interesting to see what Melissa has to say about it it will um can I also say at this point because I think it is worth mentioning we don't normally do this but if you are considering a career change and you want to go into coaching it's a good opportunity for us to mention we have a training academy b training no what is it (laughs) bacademyofficial.com Yeah. I can't even remember the name of the website. But yeah, beacademyofficial.com and this course is on there. And you know, that's how I started my retraining. I retrained as a coach. And this is where my whole new outlook, new career, experimenting with what I actually love and being brave, yeah. stepping out of your comfort zone. That's where it all started. Hmm? Yeah, it does, definitely. So shall we hear from Melissa? Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, Alex. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. The sun is shining for once. It's so nice. (laughs) Wow. Blue skies. Is it cold though, Melissa? Oh, yeah. It's freezing. Yeah. I can't believe how cold it is. It's crazy. It seems to have happened so quickly. It really did. I have this really warm jacket from that I got in America. I live in Ireland, obviously, and um, I have never been able to wear it because it doesn't usually get this cold here, but I've been wearing it every single day. It's great. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So your accent then, I was ready for a full-on Irish accent. And I was like, as well. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> There's a little Irish twang there, but so the other accent is American. Yeah, so that's where I was born. Both my parents are Irish and they met over in the US. That's where um, I was born and my brothers were born. And then whenever I was eight years old, after 9-11 and all that happened, I think my parents decided to move back to Ireland. So we lived in Ireland for six years, brought the dog with us, everything, then moved back to Philadelphia, the same place where I was born, bringing the dog, everything again. (laughs) And that's um, that's where my family lives now, my immediate family. And that's where I did my high school and my undergraduate degree. But I came to Ireland to do my master's, ended up loving it and stayed. A lot of my friends and family still live here. So oh, I just wow. to stay yeah. you can hear an Irish accent. You, you can. Yeah, you've got a really mixed accent. There's some words that sound very Irish and some words that sound very American. Yeah, I know. It's like I have an ide- a social identity crisis. My least favorite question is, where are you from? Because <laughs> Do you know, for ages, um, we had a lady in Australia who was convinced that we were Irish. And I do not know she'll where that came from. She'll be listening to this. I was, I was talking um, to her on Instagram the other day, actually. But yes, yeah, she'll be listening. <laughs> 
Yeah, you well, have northern accents, right? Yeah. yeah so maybe that's it. Maybe they were used to like the London typical that you see, see in the movies accent. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely don't one. sound like the movies, do we, Alex? Not really. We sound like Emma Dale. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love all the accents. So just before you've come on, we've been having a conversation about career change ourselves and what happens in sobriety or what happened for particularly me in sobriety. Um, and I know we want you to talk to us a little bit about that, if that's all right. And um, yeah, just share. We don't we, we don't even necessarily need a line of questioning for this. Let's just talk about it. We'd love an introduction, though, Melissa, oh, yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can do that first. I forgot that bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so my name is Dr. Melissa Kelly. I'm a psychologist and coach for sober women who want to make meaningful changes after quitting drinking. Um, as I mentioned, I also live in Ireland and I recently founded Sober Girls Ireland, which is a new community for sober and sober curious Irish women to hold virtual and in-person events because we don't have a sober community for women over here like they do over in the UK and in the US. And it's like, Where's my people? So um, I, if it's not there, you got to build it. So that's what I'm doing. And I was previously, so I'll give you a bit of background about me. So I finished getting my PhD in 2021, which was a year after I quit drinking. I um, was very ambitious, very driven and struggled with drinking throughout college. And my PhD was actually a unique position where it was a salaried research position that I got to do my PhD for free as part of it. It was a very good job. And so I had a lot of imposter syndrome around that. And um, I felt like whenever I was drinking, a lot of my career moves were kind of based on impressing other people. Like, what are other people going to think about me? And tr me trying to convince people to believe things about me that I didn't believe about myself. So like going after the PhD, like at the time, I didn't notice it, but I really saw how I wanted that fancy job title to kind of overcompensate and let people know like, oh, I'm, I am smart. I am, you know, organized. I am professional and different things like that. But, um, what I realized, which I'm, you know, a lot of women and people who quit drinking realize after they, um, you know, get sober and quit drinking is that, um, you're kind of shown yourself in a whole new light. You're kind of, I don't like, I, I used to say that you're a completely different person, but I don't really like saying that anymore because that kind of. Oh, your sound's gone there. <laughs> you see, that's the Zoom. Mentioned this. <laughs> I mentioned this. <laughs> so Zoom is very rude to me and it just drops off my audio, even though I have crystal clear connection and I've had to like, I, I used it for running my business and I was like, oh my God, like what's going on? Because people are talking about like quite vulnerable things and I'm like, wait. Oh, so it's crazy. Switch, yeah. So we're just going to blame Zoom. Yeah. That's all right. Zoom, you yeah. can have the blame for that because you are actually rude. Carry on, <laughs> <It> <laughs> I've spoken to many people at Zoom and I'm, I'm done with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I, yeah, so after quitting drinking, one of the main things that I, I knew alcohol was holding me back in my career in so many different ways because I've spent so much of the work week just getting back to baseline. Like my story was that I was, and binge drinking on the weekends, normally on like a Friday or Saturday night, blacking out, having such a bad hangover um, the next day, and then having anxiety for days on end afterwards. Like that was really my story of why I quit. Yeah. 
And I knew that that was holding me back because if you're spending most of the workday just trying to get through and make it back to baseline, you don't really have time to like go all in and put forth the effort. Like I didn't feel like I was putting in the effort I knew that I could. We'll get back to our chat shortly. But first, let us tell you about some of the things that we offer at Be Sober. So we don't want to bombard you with everything we do because there's absolutely loads. This week, we're going to tell you about our infamous Sober Experiment. So this is how it all started, guys, with the sober experiment. And Alex and I know that with just 30 alcohol-free days, a whole new world will open up for you. We know this because this is exactly what happened for us. And we're going to give you the tools over the next 30 days and help you find new healthy coping mechanisms and all the other tools that you need to deal with the ups and downs of normal life without having to rely on alcohol. So instead of spending your money on getting wasted this weekend, get over to the website and click on Join Be Sober, scroll down to Join the Sober Experiment and sign up to the free 30-day Sober Experiment. We are gifting you with sobriety this Christmas and we know it's the best gift ever. Don't forget, don't sign up until the day you actually want to start as the email comes across within 20 minutes of signing up. We're a bit speedy. Enjoy! So anyway, I quit drinking and I gained so much confidence in myself as you do because you're following through on a commitment that you made for yourself and it feels great and you're trusting yourself in a whole new way. And I had so much more clarity around who I was and what I wanted to do, who I wanted to help and the kind of job that I wanted to have. Like for so long, I had told myself that I wanted just this nine to five professional job just so that I could kind of like... um I don't know, like appear professional and organized and different things like that. Like I had never had that real strict like nine to five job. And I wanted that rigidity because I didn't trust myself and my drinking. And then I realized like I, through quitting drinking that I didn't like that at all. I didn't like that structure. I really did enjoy being a researcher and PhD student, being able to control my own schedule. And after I quit drinking, you know, you're always like, all right, what's next? What's the next part of my life that I want to improve? And I just got really into entrepreneurship and I struggled for a long time to figure out what my next move was. But I ultimately decided to leave my research career after getting my PhD, even though I was offered some great jobs. I just something didn't feel right. And you have more of a, a trust in yourself, I think. after you do, Yeah, you definitely do. We were talking about this, weren't we? Like about clarity and about confidence, self-assurance. It, you just you no longer you like wake up, don't you? You like you literally like wake up and go, ah, this isn't me anymore. Yeah. When I quit drinking, I used the I Am Sober app to track my days. Um, yeah. And one of the things that they ask you is, why are you, you know, quitting drinking or whatever it is? And I wrote that I want more clarity. Yeah. And so that's exactly what I got. And I knew myself in a whole new way, trusted myself in a whole new way, had the confidence from quitting drinking. I was like, well, if I can do that, if I can quit drinking, which I had tried and failed to do so many different times, never thought it was actually going to be possible for me. If I can do that, what else am I capable of? And so I decided to leave my career in research to start my own business. And there was a few months. So that was in 2021. 
And there was a few months of me trying a whole bunch of different business ideas. So my PhD was in consumer psychology. So helping the general public understand the risks of harmful environmental chemicals and how to communicate the risks to them, which is quite you know similar to what I'm doing now in some ways with alcohol. It's just um, the chemicals I was studying were hormone disrupting chemicals and okay. plastic and things like that. I'm not sure if you're aware of them. But I tried to do a business idea with that and realized that I was just, I was not going all in. I was just kind of inching away from the research. Like I was doing some brand consultancies. And um, at the time I had become obsessed with life coaching because I had never, you know, heard of it before, despite having like my degrees in psychology. But life coaching was something that I saw as a way to apply the tools and the skills and everything that I had learned in my degree in an applicable way in real life. Because so for um, psychology and many of the other degrees like that, it's mainly people who have um, clinical mental health disorders that you're helping. But these tools can be used to help people take their lives from good to great as well. Like you don't have to be at like very much struggling with your mental health to be able to use these tools to improve your life. And so I became very inspired with that, decided that what I really wanted to do was help other women change careers. So for the better part of 2021 and 2022, that's what I was doing. I was helping women through mindset-based coaching and teaching them how to manage their emotions and putting a strategy together to help them change careers and building confidence and all that fun stuff. But towards the end of this year, 2022, I knew that I wanted to do something that meant a little bit more to me. And I was thinking back on my journey and what could I really help other women do? And that was to make those meaningful career changes. But after you've quit drinking, so helping sober women with that transition, because I keep having, I kept having people reaching out to me telling me, Oh my God, I love what you're doing. I love what you've done. I feel very different after quitting drinking. I have this new confidence now and I'm ready to take it to the next step. So. Do you think, or, or is there a reason that you only want to work, well, I'm presuming only, sorry, want to work with sober people to change career? What What's the difference, do you think? Um, I think that I can understand the sober woman's journey in a much more clear way. And also there was no, I don't know anyone else out there doing that. And I would have loved to have had a yeah. coach who was sober, who knew that journey, who knew what it was like to go through that process and kind of be like on the edge, ready for your next big adventure, your next thing in your life that you want to change. Because it is kind of addicting in some way. Like you can get addicted to like, okay, what's the next best the thing? Next that thing yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting that um, because for me, I was talking at the beginning, sobriety wasn't the reason I changed career, but it was 100% the thing that gave me the courage to change career. Do you know, yeah. like, and I think, I think there is a difference. My opinion is there is a difference between when you're drinking and when you're sober about understanding who you are and what you want and, and being able to tap into your own needs more. So I, I get I get why I think you would work with sober people more. Yeah. Women. And I find that there's a few different kinds of 
cases, if you will, that come to me. So there's kind of like my story where I was kind of chasing this external validation to overcompensate for not really having that confidence in myself and like chasing, like I wanted my job to impress other people. I wanted it to look good on paper because I was freaking out internally and my mind was so like scattered and I was so like doubting myself all the time. So that's kind of one avatar of a sober woman who's like reaching out to me. Can I just point out in Melissa for anybody, because it's not a visual podcast. This it is only like um, audio, but Alex is anybody that listens to our podcast will know (laughs) that Alex is nodding away here and and recognizes kind of what you was just saying there. (laughs) It's like the overachievement, the pushing yourself, the constantly trying to get the next qualification. I was exactly, the same and in this in some ways I still am but actually what I want now is just a, a different type of acknowledgement it's just a you're doing a good job thank you it's not it's not the the drive the ambition you know a thank you I was talking about and I've said it about 300 times now so I'm going to shut up no but that's so common that's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing because so many of us especially when we're drinking we think like once I have this career thing taken care of then I'll feel secure once I have like the gold star I'll feel better but our circumstances are not in like that's something that I teach my clients a lot of the time it's like our circumstances don't control how we feel. It's what we think about our circumstances that changes how we feel. And so if you are in a job right now that maybe you're not enjoying or it's not for you, like I always urge my clients to find a way to be happy in that job with exactly what you have and get into the thought pattern of recognizing what you do enjoy and what is fun for you, what parts of your job do you like so that you're in that thought pattern of looking towards the positive because what often happens is you get the new job and it's all exciting at first but then you get back into those old thought patterns of oh I'm so stressed this job stresses me out and so it's all about changing the way that you're thinking about your job but going back to the different kind of avatars of women who um, come to work with me There's other women who are in positions or in jobs where um, being a heavy drinker really served them. So if they're working in a corporate career where there's a lot of boozy lunches, different things like that, and, you know, it serves them while they're drinking, but then they find once they quit drinking, like that was the main appeal to them and they actually don't like the work. They just kind of like the glamorous parties, the socializing, the dining. They lose their identity, don't they? They they actually lose who they are for a time, I think, when they give up drinking. It's like, how am I going to be this person who entertains people when I can't join in with it anymore or or I feel I can't Mm. join in with it anymore? Yeah. I mean, I've lost my identity, I feel like, three different times yeah yeah it's nice discovering your new one though isn't it like coming back to yourself and thinking oh actually you know lisa talks about this a lot thinking she was life and soul of the party don't you lisa you talk about that quite a lot with social anxiety and realizing that actually you weren't you didn't want to be doing that yeah but also it's really weird about social anxiety alex i saw a post the other day that said maybe 
we all say we've got social anxiety when really we just can't be asked with small talk and we only want yeah. genuine connections. No and I'm massively related to that. So I don't class myself as having social anxiety. I class myself as can't be asked having small talk and only want genuine connections from So now. there you go, you've refound your new identity. Yeah, again. that's my new identity. You know what I did want to ask you, Melissa, is about like fear. I'd imagine that fear is a really, really big factor in what stops people either changing career or like fear of not earning enough money fear of the unknown what what do you say around that um I think that fear isn't a problem I think fear is normal yep if you're not scared making a big change to your career then that would be something that would be abnormal because changing up that you're this big part of your life i mean we spend how much time do we spend at work so of course it's going to be scary but just because it's scary is not a reason to not do it and i always try to um whenever my clients are making big decisions like this it's good to look at do you like your reasons for making this decision is what is the reason behind your decision to stay where you are? Is it because that you're afraid that you won't make a certain amount of money? Let's say if you start your own business or that it'll be difficult to find new clients if you go and work somewhere else, like whatever it is. And understand that all of those reasons that you're telling yourself, those thoughts are what's creating the fear in you and you have complete control over how you think about this next career move and if you're focusing like our brains have a natural proclivity to focus on the negative because we've been evolved to you know as we were evolving we are on the lookout for threats we don't want to die so we're always like what's the problem here what's the thing that's wrong and so our brain has a bias towards negative thinking and so once you understand that it's not about getting rid of those thoughts or getting rid of the fear it's about having something to tell yourself whenever those fears come up because that's going to hit you at every single level of your life no matter what your next step is it's always going to scare you in some way and so it's learning how to respond to that do you have people that kind of come to you and say I hate my job but I don't know what I want to do I know I want to do something else I know I deserve more but I have no clue at what I would like to do oh yeah all the time all the time people come to me with that. Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause I think when, you know, you look at, or when I've been talking to you and I do think there'll be people sat there thinking, well, it's all right. If you know what you want to do, then you can have somebody that will help you build up confidence and self-belief. But actually, if you don't know what you want to do, but you just know you're in a shitty job that you don't want to be in, where do you even start with that? So if you're staying where you are, but you know that you want to be doing something else, you just don't know what it is. I think that the reason people stay stuck is because. Oh, you've gone. You'll have to say that bit again. Yeah, sorry. We'll edit that. (laughs) We heard from the reason you stay stuck. Yeah. So one of the main reasons why you're probably staying stuck is because you're afraid that you won't make the right decision that there is a right decision. And part of the work that you need to do is understand that there's no such thing as a right or wrong decision. There's a hundred ways to view a decision as a positive thing and a hundred ways to view it as a negative thing. And so 
if you can see a decision as something that's neutral and not put all this pressure on yourself that this next thing, like people think that the next job that they enter after they leave this current one, they have to be in it for the next 30 years. But what if this was just your next step? Because realistically, you could do all of the characteristic, of, you know, those assessments that you take to find out what, what personality, what, what personality you have that suits certain jobs. But you're not going to know unless you get out there and start making some moves and start trying things. And so I would um, urge anyone who is thinking about that to ask yourself, what are you willing to try for six months? Because that job is probably going to be there when you get back, right? It's probably not going anywhere. It's you can so probably true. get something like that again. It, it's so true, you know, like, and, and it's so relatable to me what you're saying. Like I came out of teaching and then started life coaching and then I'm just exiting life coaching now to go into fitness training and it, you know and that's only yeah. been a very short period of time I loved it I was really good at it but I want to try the next thing and it's once you get brave like that and you step into it and it is frightening you know it's really scary the, poor Lisa she's like my counsellor you know the number of times she'll get a message in a day saying oh my god I'm scared I'm scared or, oh I don't know what to do next and she's just like yeah you do yeah you do yeah. just take the things you already know and apply them yes you do and it's just you know it, it's it's exciting as well I think just reframing it as excitement from fear as well yeah definitely really, can I ask you something else that's similar what if you don't even know you're unhappy in your job you know we we see people who just this sounds awful but we just see people who are just down just miserable yeah. and don't can't actually pinpoint what it is that's making them miserable but work is like well I don't know the exact percentage but I reckon it's about 70 percent of your life isn't it probably it's a long time <laughs> Yeah. A lot of yeah. our week is spent at work. Yeah. Do you get people who just come along and actually don't fully know they don't have that awareness or do you think they have to come to you with an awareness? Normally people who come to me do have an awareness yeah. because um, for the better part of the last like year and a half, I have been a career coach. And so they're seeking coaching on something in their career. So they probably know that there is something wrong, but um, part of, you know, when it comes to that, I think, it's something that you kind of have to come to terms with on your own yeah, yeah. and it's just a process. Um, I was coaching someone a while back who was just so unhappy with her job, but she just wasn't ready to receive the coaching on it. She just wasn't in the right headspace to receive the coaching on it. And sometimes you do just have to go through that. I call it like a river of misery, just where, you know, you're in like a low value cycle and you can't seem to get your head above the water. Sometimes you just have to go through that and it won't last forever. I think that just knowing that it's not going to be forever. All of our feelings are temporary. I think that really helps. Like you will get through this, even though if right now it feels like horrible and it feels like you're dreading going to work every day, but you don't want to change jobs. You don't have the energy to change yeah. jobs. Just know that that is temporary. And Sorry, were you going to say something? No, it, it's just reminded me of, um, it's probably not even relevant, but <laughs> I, went, I went to a shop in uh, in my local village a good while back and the woman, right, was oh, no, all the time. She was so miserable every single day. And it was like a, a bargaining shop, you know, where you get your toilet roll and cleaning products. Yeah. And I would go in and she'd go, pound, pound. And it used to really annoy me, right? Like I'd get secretly really mad. So I'd, I would try not to go there. Anyway, I went one day and it was a Monday and I went and she went two pound and I went, do you not like your job? 
Right, I couldn't help myself because it had been a better year I'd been going in and she'd been pissing me off. <laughs> right. so I was like, do you not like your job? And she went, oh, well, I own it. And I went, yeah, I know, but do you enjoy it? And she went, oh, it's Monday. And I was like, there's a lot of Mondays. And then I walked out, right? And I swear to God, she sold it not long after. And I believe it was because of me bringing awareness yeah, to, to her not actually liking that job. And I would, I always wonder, like, did she think, oh, shit, yeah, there is a lot of Mondays and this job actually sucks. <laughs> Probably. I mean, sometimes that's just what it takes. Just one person saying one sentence to you for you to completely yeah. decide what you want. Do you have any tools? And, and the answer might be no, so please don't feel that you have to have. Do you have anything that anyone can use to kind of, or any suggestions for somebody to do a, a quick assessment on their current career and whether they are actually happy in it? Do you have like a starting point you can share? Um, I think that the starting point would be to get yourself clear on what you do like about this job, because there, I trust you there, even if you hate it, there is probably some things that you do like about I it. I love a pros and cons list. <laughs> this is where this is going. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's just a good old fashioned, like, what do you like about this current job? What do you not like? Yeah. How, like asking yourself some questions about how do you want to spend your day at work? Do you want to work with people? Do you want to work from home? Do you want to work out in the field? Do you want to work doing something where you don't really have to think that much? Maybe like some mindless work. Um, oh, and, yes, please. <laughs> sometimes people want that. Stocking shelves, different things. I had a, a woman who came to me. She really was, she was in a sales job that she was really unhappy in and hated it. And she, what she really wanted to do was work in the theater. She wanted to be an actress. And everyone in her life had told her, like, that's stupid. You can't do that. Like, you can't make that change. How are you going to pay your bills? Different things like that. And what she decided was that she was going to go work at a grocery store in America. She was an American client. Um, she was going to work at Whole Foods, which I think is a great place. I love it over there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, while she figured this out and got herself into the theater and different things like that. And she knew that she could have kept that sales job and done the, you know, looked for a job in theater, but it was bringing her down so much. And she realized she didn't like how she spent her days there. She would way rather be out with people. Yes. Maybe she took a bit of a pay cut, but that's a decision that you can make for what's going to benefit you the most in the long term. That is I love that. Point. Yeah, it's like you're free. You're freeing up your time, aren't you? So you can kind of sit back and think what you want to do. Because when you're so overwhelmed and stressed and not enjoying what you're doing, then yeah, it filters in, doesn't it? Out. Yeah, you know, it Sometimes. seeps in when you, when what you don't realize is I, what I didn't realize is I am not stressy. I am not a stress head, right? I thought I was a stress head. I just thought that's how I lived. I was do 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 do, and I enjoyed it and. Uh, um, you know, I didn't have time for things. I'm really not like that. I was sat in the longest queue of traffic last night as a passenger. And honestly, my husband was freaking out. We were there for over an hour, sat in the, in the cold on the motorway. We were there for over an hour. Two years ago, I would have been like, come on, come on. Cause, but it was me having to get to work probably, you know, like, but now yeah. I'm just like, well, there's nothing we can do about it. You know, have you got your phone? Should we put it on the, on the dashboard thing and watch a Netflix? Let's just, yeah. let's just, and, he, and he's going, 
mad, like swearing and shouting. And I'm like, yeah, but you can't do anything about it. <laughs> so I love you for that. I've I love a good reframe. <laughs> yeah, I'm so zen. I was like completely zen about it. And honestly, that is because I've changed my career. That yeah. that my career was what was making me that way. I yeah. am not that way, and it was a really unhealthy way to be. And that's my point about it seeping into life. If you are unhappy in work, you're unhappy everywhere because you life's too short. I know that's really like a silly saying, yeah. but it really is. It's too short to be doing spending seventy percent of your life being miserable. Yeah, and yeah, who you are yeah. at work is still who you are outside of work because it's still you. Yeah. yeah. And how you react to things and you what you just said was just a perfect a perfectly clear example of how your circumstances or your job or whatever situation you're in is not the cause of the stress it's you and how yeah. you're thinking about the situation because what you just said you and your husband were in the same situation in the same yeah. car having two completely different uh experiences oh, there mine was so much better yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh I love that it was it was and I, I really like the idea of kind of of what that lady did in America honestly yeah. I think it's just that's a great example isn't it of just kind of taking that time to to pursue what you love like we, we should all be doing things that we love like we definitely do you remember you and me Lisa when you were in the paint shop and I was going to work we used to have these yeah. conversations on the way there even though you loved the paint shop you did love a lot about it but yeah. we'd have these conversations all convenient, the way there wasn't it from yeah. our life at that time yeah we would have conversations all the way there in the car about how boring our day would be like I honestly I was oh, I no was I did actually like it I know. I was, <laughs> was data inputting, if you remember. I was yeah. doing a really mundane job. Yeah. And honestly, I think I read all the Twilight series. Oh, we did. We did that job. It's a great, actually. That oh, yeah, as well. Oh, God, throwback. <laughs> oh, my but, God. Oh, yeah. But I, do, I am a big, big believer that you can and you should do things that you love and that you're passionate about and that if you do love something you know again another cliche but like what do they say you don't if you love what you're doing you don't you don't work, work. a day of your life yeah something like that and it's true it's true because I love what I do now do you love what you're doing now Melissa oh yeah I love it I love it so much but that but it, it still doesn't mean that there aren't days where like running my own business where I've been like, I wish that I could just go work at Whole Foods for a few yeah, weeks. I think it's hard, that, isn't that's it? normal too. Yeah. I think sometimes, and this is where people are, I should be very careful. Is, um, <laughs> I'm saying people, but really I'm talking about myself, right? It's, <laughs> a, it's so easy to build a career that you love and then suddenly realize that you are and that you are working for you and I'm kind of working on this at the moment because what I've realized is I'm an admin assistant and I, I hate admin if anybody would have said to me in my life do you want an admin job I'd say no thanks yeah but that that's what I spend like 90 percent of my life doing but I you do love do your job that. and you work you love what you do yeah, I, I think I like the tool that you said listing what you like about your job and I'll tell you why I like it because I think even if you're in a miserable job like you've just said there will be elements you love like you said if you yeah. get those down you can take those with you can't you you can say this is what I'm looking for so I want to tick those boxes and I want to get rid of these boxes yeah because it help you decide yeah because at some level you're still there right 
So there is something about the job that's keeping you there. It's not completely horrible to the point where you've left. So if you're tolerating it to some degree, what allows you, even if you just want to reframe the question, what allows you to tolerate your job right now? The money. That can be your pros list. I think the money's a big one. For most, for many people who are scared of career change. Especially now, yeah. yeah, The the people who are scared of career change, definitely for me, the biggest thing was money. That was where my fear was. And when I realised that actually I didn't, I've got no less money now because I spend differently. It's just like, you know, yes, I have less income, but now I have less expenditure and I'm miles happier because ta- I'm happier to spend time at home doing things that don't cost anything because I'm not in a miserable job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you spend not only money, but you spend time and energy too. Those are investments as well. Yeah. yeah. It's such a, honestly, I think you could literally talk about this for a week and not get oh, I do. of it. <laughs> I love it so much. My boyfriend is sick of hearing me talk about it. He probably can hear me right now through the other room. I always think this, you know, about mine. Like when I get into something, like I bet he's so sick of hearing about being sober. Yeah, yeah. I just get obsessed Like, is there anything else? Yeah, but you literally say that everything in your life that's good is good because you're sober. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. It is so, so true. Like everything, everything that's happened since I've stopped drinking that has been good, I can put down to being sober. Like, and whether that's just because I appreciate it so much more now that I don't drink or like, you know, it's really weird. I w- I've, I've got a very exciting day today. I'm going picking up a, my new car, which I'm so excited about, which has come through all my career changes, which I'm very happy about. And my daughter actually said to me the other day she was like you are funny mum she says because everything you do you like really really love like there's nothing (laughs) that you don't do you just love it she's like you you get a car right you don't just get a car and that's it you've got a car like you love it you're excited about it everybody's got to know about it and it's the same with my job and like when we started be sober there's no way we talk about it all the time don't we share it we love it we're passionate about it and how good would it be if everybody was that passionate about what they did as a career because we all love different things as well what's right for one person is not for another yeah and sometimes you want your job to just be solely for income so that you can live a meaningful life in another way whether that's your hobbies or your children or volunteering or whatever you want to do it's so true it's all so important it really oh thank you so much it's been just such a pleasure to virtually meet you and to talk about all of this and I think it's something that is really really important and especially for our members and people that are thinking of career changes to know that it is okay and you can do you can do it yeah Can we ask you our final question then on that note? So we ask all our guests, our motto is be brave, be kind, be sober. Which one do you most relate to right now and why? And we know it's a hard question and you're not allowed to pick all. (laughs) Be brave, be kind, be sober. Yeah. Yeah. I say be brave. Yes. We're starting a new year soon. I'm not sure when this podcast episode goes out. Saturday. Oh, perfect. (laughs) We speed it. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) They need to hear this. Be brave. Because a new year is starting. 
don't play small anymore, especially now that you're sober, because so many of us, sobriety seemed impossible for so long. It was for me. I didn't think that I could quit drinking after many failed attempts. And now that I have, and now that the people listening to this probably have, like, just ask yourself, what else is possible for me? What else am I capable of? And why am I not going after it? And if you don't like your reasons, then go after it. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Before you do go, could you just give a little plug for your community in Ireland? Because yes. We do get so many people that ask us about Be Sober events over in Ireland and we don't yeah. yet have an ambassador or anything there. So um, so for all our Irish listeners, go for it. Tell us. Yes, please. Irish women, listen up. So <laughs> um, Sober Girls Ireland is going to be starting events in the new year, 2023. You can just go to Instagram at Sober Girls Ireland and there's an email list there where you can get um, updates from me. They're, they'll be going out pretty soon um, about our first event and hopefully maybe we can do a Be Sober slash Sober Girls Ireland Collapse. That would be amazing. Whereabouts yeah, in Ireland will. are you? So that we can just see if we've got any members there who might actually come along and help make that happen. Yeah, so I'm down south in Waterford, um, okay. but I travel up to Dublin all the time. That's probably where most of the events are going to take place first. Um, there's a lovely alcohol-free bar called the Virgin Mary Bar in Dublin. So that's probably going to be one of our first events, which I'm super excited about. I'm going to put it out there that Alex and I are going to come over to one of these events. Do it. Because... We honestly, we need to redo Dublin because we made such a tit out of ourselves on the twice, last not even once, <laughs> twice. We we need to redo it. So I honestly, please, yeah. please let us know and keep in touch about things like this because we would love to. I'm saying we, Alex is like, no, I'm coming. What, I'm coming. what do you mean? <laughs> yes, you let's know, do it. Let's do know. it in the spring or summer. Honestly, it's, it's really easy for us to get flights so as well. We used to Dublin. do it on the May bank holiday weekend, spring bank holiday at the end of May. So yeah. the whip one, sorry, not the spring, the whip bank holiday. So if you're up for a whip bank holiday weekend, no, we can't do Dublin, May. We've got an event, Alex. Be wild oh, with Beast. Yeah, we're not till the week. Yeah, we can go twice. We're fine. We'll May or June. May <laughs> or June. We will come up. We will come yes. over. We'd love yes, to. May or June, definitely. And we've got a um, we've got a member in Dublin as well who uh, would definitely want. Yeah. Yes, yes, and if anyone is interested in helping out um, with the events and anything, feel free to contact me as well. Or if you want to host events in your own area, since Ireland is quite spread out. It's a small country, but we're all spread apart, I think. Oh, we'd love to come. So we will be there. Let us know. Keep in touch. I will. Make sure you do it through your um, Sober Girl Island via Be Sober, and then we can stay in touch that way as well. Yes, will do. Yay. Oh, thank you, Melissa. Thank Thanks you very much. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. And don't forget to follow us or subscribe. And of course, share it with your friends to help spread the Be Sober love. If you want to find out more about the work we do or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out lots more about us and what we do on our website, besoberofficial.com. So until next time, be brave, be kind. And, and be, be sober! sober.